The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Monday afternoon to you here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we begin our very busy broadcast week. Our commitment to remain live and local to make sure that your voice is heard in the mix of all the things we have to consider as we are T-minus 29 days and counting to the midterm election on November 8. And again, I I urge you, I, oh, do I, dare I say, beg you to vote. It is so, this, if there's one election to vote in, this is it. I firmly believe that. I'm not one to uh, cry wolf. I'm not one to say the sky is falling. You know me. I remain cautiously optimistic but this one is really important, my friends. T-minus 29 days and counting. We will continue to provide you with as much information as we can so that you are well-informed to make a very intelligent and well-reasoned decision on who to vote for and what to vote for come November 8. Again, 29 days and counting to November 8. And a happy Columbus Day to you, or if you prefer happy indigenous people's day it is also fiji day international stage management day end of buddhist lent day national angel food cake day i like that one it is also world animal road accident awareness day World Animal Road Accident Awareness Day. Is that like roadkill? Is that whatever? It is also World Porridge Day and National Curry Week. It's also, I would not recommend doing curry with the National Angel Food Cake Day, but that's totally up to you. A couple of program notes for today. Coming up at 3.35, we are scheduled to have gubernatorial candidate Brian Dolly with us live at 3.35 today. I know he's on his way on a flight from San Diego, so we're hoping hoping that there are no delays there. Again, uh, gubernatorial candidate Brian Dolly squaring off against Governor Gavin Newsom due to be with us live today at 3.35 p.m., And then uh, NFL, today it's Monday Night Football. It'll be the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's today at 4.30, just following the Mike Douglas Show. The Raiders, by the way, 1-3, and Kansas City Chiefs. Kind of the opposite numbers. They're 3-1, and so it'll be a very interesting game today. Uh, Again, at 4.30 here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. What do you think? Let's turn our, we'll be turning our eyes towards what's happening in California here in the not too distant future on the show, of course. What do you think about the Supreme Court? Has, has your perception of the Supreme Court changed over time, positively, negatively, or do you not care? Well, according uh, to the 
Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania, the perception is growing that the Supreme Court justices are partisans, like any other politicians. Does that shock you? Well, apparently the the center, they've tracked opinions about the court over 17 years, and they're saying that, quote, differences in trust in the court by party affiliation have not been meaningful. But that changed in 2022 with a wide gap separating uh, Republicans from Democrats and independents on some attitudes towards the court. So here's what they found. Again, this from the Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania. Trust, uh, apparently a little bit lopsided. 70% of Republicans say they have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the court. 70% of Republicans. Uh, Only 32% of Democrats have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the court. That's interesting. And uh, as as we're looking at all of that, I d- d- do you think that really has to do with the, well, like the Dobbs decision? Or do you think the Supreme Court has totally become partisan? And it really depends the predominance of party ideology that's on the court. What do you think? I think the Supreme Court used to have an, an error about it, an error that was above the fray, uh, an error of, about it, uh, almost uh, a legally aristocratic error that uh, they were above the political fray and they would simply decide on the constitutionality of whatever questions were before it. Has your perception changed of that? Do you, do you think the court, one way or another, is now hopelessly partisan? Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. We'll look at that question. Uh, again, uh, Brian Dolly, gubernatorial candidate, will be with us at 335. So if you'd like to weigh in on that question about the Supreme Court, we'll take a look at that in the interim. Do you think the Supreme Court is politically biased? 209-551-3483. Again, the uh, Annenberg, Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is saying uh, 20, I'm sorry, 70% of Republicans saying, mm, yep, we trust the court a great deal or a fair amount. Only 32% of Democrats are saying a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the court. Phone number here, 209-551-3483. I think uh, for me, one of the momentous, um, should I say, stories or events related to the Supreme Court is when our latest uh, Supreme Court justice was asked to define a woman and said that she could not, as a potential Supreme Court justice at that time, define what a woman was. My belief that the court had common sense drastically eroded at that point. Now, do I think that she did not know what a woman was? No. But the problem is, as a Supreme Court justice, she essentially was saying 
philosophically, there's no differences between men and women, and it's impossible to define what a woman is. Well, if a Supreme, to me, if a Supreme Court justice cannot define, I mean, any male, even four or five years old, is probably going to be able to define what a woman is as opposed to a man. Do, don't you think? I, <clears throat> I, uh, I don't know. I, I, my, my faith in the Supreme Court is uh, is rapidly eroding. Well, before we uh, get to the phones, I'll tell you where my faith is not eroding, and that's in the experts that I go to for specialized issues like, let's say, selling your home. Look, mortgage rate increases are impacting home sales. We know that. Wall Street Journal reports home sales are are down an average of 20% from this time last year. But there is one agent I go to, and I would trust him with selling my own home during a market slowdown. That's Dan Phipps. Look, do you have a growing family? Working from home, does that mean you need more space? Been there, done that. Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value where Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No required costly repairs. No long-term contracts. You pick your move date, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Dalton and Oakdale had a great house. Dalton planned on fixing it up throughout the years, but life got in the way. Dalton, in fact, was in a panic because Dalton needed to move out of state, and the house needed work to sell at a decent price. Well, enter Dan Phipps. Dan was able to sell the house quickly for a great price without any repairs or upgrades. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I would hire him to sell my home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111 or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three P's, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. What do you think about the Supreme Court? Is it hopelessly biased at this point? 209-551-3483. We'll go to the phones in three minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we get things started on this Monday, October 10. Here in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, looking at this study from the Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania. They're saying 70% of Republicans uh, have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the Supreme Court. Only 32% of Democrats. What do you think? Has the Supreme Court become too partisan? 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones. Uh, and first, uh, up the road a piece to Stockton. Barbara, what are your thoughts about the Supreme Court? Is it too partisan or just right? Well, Mike, I, I think that truly they know the difference. But the, but the problem is in the present era that we're living in, 
Now, you've heard the expression, speak your own truth. Well, you see, what with the news media and what the, with the Internet and all of the information that's coming from everywhere, and people are choosing to speak their truth. So the Supreme Court, no matter how, they know the difference, but it's just that nobody's going to listen. Because of the fact that the time that we're living in now, you know how there's so much censorship of what you say and their jobs, everything would be in jeopardy because nobody would really pay attention or listen because nobody is is using reason. So what they have to do is they have to pick a side and they have to go along because otherwise nobody's going to pay attention. That's my that's what I think. But, you know, I know that they know the difference. You can tell the you know, when they were, when they're being interviewed by the, their, the committee to be on the court. Now, like when that Katanji Jackson, uh, I was listening when they asked her the question about the difference, uh, 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 what is a woman? Now, that, that woman knows, she's had children. She knows the difference. But she, she knew that if she said what gave the definition of a woman, no way was she going to be able to get on the court because nobody is listening because people that are not thinking have taken sides. So, so you're, I, I believe that this Yeah, so your I thesis, your thesis, Barbara, is that uh, they're, they feel the pressure of public yes, opinion, yes. and and they're they're yes. afraid to really say what what's on their mind. Is it is that right? It, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you, Barbara. Barbara from Stockton saying, well, one of the major problems may be that the Supreme Court justices feel political pressure, and they don't feel the freedom to say what they really mean. Uh, that <clears throat> that may be the case. Interesting perspective. Uh, what about you? 209-551-3483. Do you have trust in the Supreme Court? Do you think the Supreme Court has become too political? 209-551-3483. Let's go to Stanislaus County. And Debbie, uh, Debbie, what do you think about the Supreme Court today? Thank you for taking my call, and I have a question, and then I have a comment. Mike, would you give us the percentages of the, that you gave us at the beginning of your information you gave us the percentages of the Republicans that believe in the Supreme Court, and you gave us the percentages of the Democrats that believe in the Supreme Court. What were they again? Yeah. Uh, according to the Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania, 70% of Republicans either have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the Supreme Court, but only 32% of Democrats have a great deal or fair amount of trust in the court. Now I'm ready to give my comment. I think that says everything. And every American citizen that is using their intellect, that should be their answer to your question. The Supreme Court is made up of human beings. We're not perfect. They're not perfect. But the percentage that you just gave us tells us that the new administration that is in control now at this point, and has been since 2020, they've done it their way. 
And so, therefore, that was the percentage that you got from the Democrat establishment. The Republican establishment was a whole different ballgame. Therefore, my heart goes out to every single human being on the Supreme Court because they're threatened daily. We only know a pittance of what kind of a life they live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I'm a little more open to everything because I don't have any ability to technologically tell you anything because I don't have any technology. But the one thing I do have is 14 to 15 years of investigation that I've done all by my little old self, and I've done it on everybody. And I've come up with my conclusions, even though I can't change everybody's opinion in the United States. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in the situation that we find ourselves in right now. But I've done my best over a period of time, even though it sounded radical when I shared my opinion or what I thought at that moment. But I didn't mean to be radical. I was just stating the facts. Debbie, every let me, fact let, that I ever said. Let me get your read on, on this question. If the Supreme Court had gone the other way on Dobbs, affecting Roe v. Wade, and basically uh, it, it was the reverse uh, decision, do you think that would have affected these percentages at all? Um, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. We have I, to break it up into parts. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if it has to do, if, the, if these percentages have to do with the current decisions. And trust, and, and maybe the, the trust is not the, by the way, Debbie, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I'm, I'm wondering, Debbie and, and friends, if, if it's not so much an issue of trust, but it's an issue of agreeing with. Uh, I don't always agree with people I trust. In fact, people that I trust implicitly, I, I give permission to speak into my life and to disagree with me. So I, I think uh, that, that word trust, to me anyway, is, uh, is uh, a very tentative one to me. And I'm wondering if people aren't thinking in terms of agreement instead of trust. Because if you, if you think of the uh, recent decision regarding Dobbs and, 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 and its effect upon Roe v. Wade, then I can see why a lot of Democrats would not agree with the Supreme Court. Uh, the question is, is agreeing with the Supreme Court the same as trusting the Supreme Court? And I, I don't know that... I, I happen to agree with that particular decision because I don't believe, after reading up on this, and I think I'm speaking from pretty solid factual foundations, I don't believe that the original decision in Roe v. Wade belonged uh, where it was anyway. I think this issue of abortion needs to be uh, at the state level, and, and the states grapple with it. Uh, I don't believe there was a right to abortion that was inherent in the Constitution of the United States. And so strictly looking at it from a legal standpoint, uh, I, don't, um, I don't know that uh, I, I don't know that it affects my trust so much as 
agreeing or or not agreeing. I'm I'm not sure. We'll be back with you in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been looking forward to this interview. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things underway on this Monday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. And we have the privilege of having with us a candidate for governor, Senator Brian Dolly. Mr. Dolly, thank you so much for joining us. We want to make sure that people get to know who you are, what you want to do. And uh, I, let, let me just begin this by asking you, what do you see as your biggest challenge, other than the governor himself, what do you see as your biggest challenge coming up to this election on November 8th? Well, Mike, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been great to get to uh, be on the Central Valley uh, airwaves. But, you know, look, at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we just went through a recall. Most people are confused about what's happening. At least some are. That I've noticed that on the campaign trail. But getting my name out there, uh, I don't have the resources that obviously the governor has. Uh, so just letting people know who I am, what I've been doing. So let me share a little bit of that with you. I I actually have been elected uh, 26 years. I served 16 years on the Board of Supervisors uh, and then uh, 10 years in the legislature, six and a half in the state assembly, where I was the Republican minority leader, and then the four years in the uh, uh, Senate. So I am in the trenches here in Sacramento. Uh, I'm a farmer. We raise cereal grains for seed. We sell it to other farmers. We're certified organic. Uh, My family's been in California for 92 years uh, in agriculture. I'm the third generation, and I want a future for, for uh, my neighbors and Californians. I, you know, people are leaving California because they can't afford to live here. And our state has uh, been under one-party control for the last 25 years, and the legislature in the last 10 years uh, with governors that uh, are out of touch with uh, hardworking, everyday Californians. So those are the challenges I face, but uh, we know that uh, uh, California is looking for something different. We need balance. And uh, I'll bring that balance. And I and I know how the legislature works uh, or doesn't work, I should say. And I know how to uh, get things done in Sacramento. So that's the difference between uh, other candidates that have run for governor. I'm actually in the legislature. And so I think we have an opportunity uh, here in California with uh, crime running rampant, our schools failing our children, no water. Uh, we have fires burning out of control and we have inflation skyrocketing. We pay you know, $2 a gallon higher for gasoline and diesel than they do uh, right across the border in Arizona or Nevada. And we pay 76% higher electricity rates. If you want to drop down inflation, those are the first places you start by driving down the cost of energy, which uh, reduces the cost of a loaf of bread, a gallon of milk, a two-by-four, and it it allows you to get to work. So uh, we propose uh, dropping the gas tax instantly. I will work on that as soon as I become governor to uh, give some uh, relief to Californians. 
Brian Dolly, our guest, again, uh, the senator is a candidate for for governor. And we're talking about biggest challenges. You mentioned uh, the gas, of course, uh, as as I'm sure you know, there's been a call uh, to eliminate the or at least suspend, maybe uh, the better word, suspend the state gas tax. What what do you see as the likelihood of that happening? Is that a feel good thing or is that something that might actually take place? Well, it depends on who's in power in Sacramento. If you uh, vote Republican, and, and you're going to get you're going to get relief. Number one, we want to drop the gas tax. We could backfill that with general fund that's available. Number two, we need to uh, drill oil for oil in California. We have 1,200 oil wells sitting at the get- desk of Gavin Newsom. Uh, for the last two years, there's been at least 800 to 1,200, another 400 this year, and they've only permitted 10 oil wells. So if you want to drive down the cost of of energy in California, and particularly gas and diesel, you have to produce more. And California has a special blend. Gavin Newsom is totally out of touch. He's, we're importing 24% of our oil from Ecuador as they're destroying the rainforest. And he says he's, you know, to help the, the climate. Well, if we want to help the climate, we would do it right here in California uh, with California workers. We do it safer, more, uh, more clean than anywhere in the world. And so that's an opportunity to drive down the price of gasoline that uh, Californians are suffering with. We have special blends here in California. And Gavin Newsom's message to the oil people is, hey, we're going to put you out of business, even though we use uh, 1.8 million barrels of oil every day. We're the fifth largest economy in the world. We produce 1% of the world's emissions, uh, but we're exporting our jobs to other countries where they're using coal-fired power plants to manufacture the things we need in the fifth largest economy. I propose we do those things here, not push our uh, jobs off to other countries that are, quite frankly, not friendly to us, number one. And number two, we need to be energy independent right here in California. Uh, we can do that. Uh, we're going to continue to use these, these things that everyday Californian Jews, uh, food and, and transportation costs. Uh, we can drive that down right here in California and make it uh, so we have a middle class in California. If you're poor in california you're more likely going to be poor under this administration and if you're rich you're probably going to get richer under this administration so those are the things i'm bringing to the table i need people to uh, go to bryandally.com and learn more about me and then get out to vote we're speaking with senator brian dolly again uh, he has experience both in the state assembly and the state senate and we wanted him to We wanted you to get to know him. I I think, uh, Senator, one of the issues we've identified here, and uh, I I think it was Berkeley. Now, any poll coming out of Berkeley, I look at, you know, with a grain of salt, uh, they're saying 53% of likely voters say they plan to vote for Governor Newsom. 32% say they support you. 50% say they were unfamiliar with you. Uh, what can we do to help make you known? Do you have anything that uh, is on deck, that uh, a strategy to make sure that uh, the rest of California, aside from Northern California, knows definitely who you are and that they have that familiarity with you come November 8th? Yeah, well, we're doing everything we can with the resources we have available, obviously, uh, Republicans have a tough time raising money in California, so I'm doing the best I can. We're doing social media, uh, we're doing radio, we're doing um, uh, we're doing outreach to Latinos on uh, uh, those stations that are that speak uh, Spanish, and so we're doing everything. We're, we have the tools we have available to us. We're emailing 
Uh, so we're doing everything we can. Obviously, we, it takes a lot of resources to get up on TV and, and build that name ID. Uh, but we are, I've been in Southern California as much as possible. I just flew in from, uh, we were in San Diego last night. We met, uh, actually had about 150 people show up, even when the Padres were playing uh, <laughs> in a game. So we did well there. We're getting out our message, but we need people to share our content on social media. Uh, and then get out to vote. Ask, I ask you to go and vote. Uh, get your, your, your ballots coming in right now. Vote for Brian Daly. Go get your neighbors to, to vote. Take their ballots in. Turn them in. Uh, if, all, if, you know, two and a half million Republicans didn't vote in the recall, and if they would have, we would see a different outcome uh, as uh, we would have a different governor. So I, I want you to get out and vote. And we have a lot of independents and Democrats who are frustrated with uh, – uh, Gavin Newsom and his elitist policies, and he's running for president. So uh, we need to get out the vote. That's that's our message right now. Get out the vote. Get to know me by by going to briandolly.com. Senator Brian Dolly, candidate for governor, our guest here on the Mike Douglas Show. And uh, Senator, I I don't expect an answer from you off the cuff, and it's probably unfair to to pop this on you right away. But I I do want to say, uh, my producer and I were talking this morning. If you had time for a rally here in the Central Valley in our listening area, we would let people know and we would be there. I just want to plant that seed with you. And then if that is something that you want to take advantage of, let us know. If you can't, that's fine. But at least we want to plant that seed with you to to give people at least a, an opportunity to see and, and hear from you live. So I'll just leave that with you to talk with uh, with with your staff. Uh, one of the one of the big issues, of course, here is water. Uh, can you give us a, a quick rundown on what you would do to address the water issue? That really, I mean. Both Republicans and Democrats have kicked that can down the uh, down the street for decades. Where, where would you start in dealing with the water issue here in California? Well, that's a great question, and that's a softball. I want to touch on uh, your first question, though, is when I'm going to be in the Valley. I'm actually going to be there on Wednesday. Um, we're going to be in Taft at 4. Uh, we're, we got an event there, and I'm, I will... Uh, give that out to you uh, here. I'm trying to look it up, but I'll find that. But I'm going to ask, answer the water question for you. Uh, I'm looking at my schedule. Uh, anyway, water. Uh, 60% of California's water comes from my district. I have Shasta, Orville, and Folsom reservoirs that are in my district, number one. Uh, and Gavin Newsom has talked about this seven-year drought that we're in. It's not true. Uh, you all remember uh, the Orville Dam spillway breaking. That was the wettest year recorded in the history of California, which was 2018. Actually, the the, the start of 2018. So we had our reservoirs were 105 percent of full. And you may wonder how you get a reservoir 105 percent of full when there's a res, when there's a dam up. They have freeboard, uh, and they actually let them fill up more than they should because there was so much water in California and the spillway was breaking in Orville. So um, I will make sure that we operate our our facilities in a way that uh don't uh we don't let the water go to the ocean and then number two i'll build reservoirs like sites reservoir is a great opportunity to increase our water yield by 1.2 million acre feet uh in northern california and we need to thin our forest which is overgrown which uh, sucks up more water because we have too many trees because we haven't thinned our forest so those are uh my answers to the water 
situation is create more water. We haven't done that for 35 years in California, and that's quite frankly part of the problem of why we have uh, no water. And so we need to we need to build storage and then take care of our reservoirs the way we should. I have been in meetings over the years with both state and uh, and national. Uh, weather people, water people, and almost to a person, they have said, California will always have droughts, but you don't need to have the same effects of the drought. That, you know, with common sense procedures, with building the infrastructure and planning ahead, there's no reason that people can't have water during a drought period. It sounds like you would probably agree with that. Yes, well, we have, we've known for, uh, you know, California is known for, floods and droughts. It's nothing new for California. And, you know, 35 years ago, you know, Jerry Brown's dad actually built the last infrastructure, which was Oroville, was, was a huge reservoir up north. Uh, and when we build uh, reservoirs in the north, it helps the delta and it helps water for the south all throughout California. And there's many opportunities throughout the Sierras uh, to do off-stream storage projects where we're not building dams on rivers because people don't like those but there's opportunities above dams to do even more storage Uh, we need to do that we need to increase our water yield we cannot simply conserve our way out we've done a great job of doing conservation in california and so those are those are the things that i will champion uh, as governor californians need water and we simply just cannot let it run into the ocean because as soon as it hits the salt water it's no good to us Absolutely. Again, we're talking with uh, Senator Brian Dolly. He is candidate for governor, running against Governor Gavin Newsom. And uh, we're going to open the phones if you have questions uh, for the senator. We'll take those, 209-551-3483. We'll be back in three minutes with your calls and with Brian Dolly, candidate for governor. Again, that's coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air. Online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search thirteen sixty KFIV. And we're back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Our guest at the moment is Senator Brian Dolly. Of course, he is the challenger uh, to Governor Gavin Newsom running for governor coming up here on November eight. A mere. 29 days away. Let's open the phones, allow you to uh, get some questions in if you have them for Mr. Dolly. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Let's uh, go first to Richard from Ceres. Richard, you're on the line with Brian Dolly and Mike Douglas. Go ahead, please. Hi, Mike. Um, I'm kind of going backwards on my notes now because earlier you were talking about like abortions and stuff. But uh, anyway, I just like to know his position on um, our state paying for out-of-state abortions. And I know that this is the Democrats' holy grail. And so sacrifice of our children has been going on since biblical times. I'm sure you're more aware of that than I am. Okay. All right. And then... um, and did you have a second question, Richard? Yeah, I have a couple of them. Well, let's get I'm number two in. We have some other thing. callers waiting, so go ahead with number two. Okay, my water storage. Rain will come because every 250 years, this valley is underwater like three feet. I'm 76 years old, and I've seen heavy rains. 
I've seen droughts. Uh, it's a normal thing. It's not climate change. And um, there, there was a there was a bond for new storage. I'm not talking about putting a Band-Aid on our dams and put a little more water in there. I'm talking about major storage. Plus, that would give us the energy for hydroelectric. Um, and then I want to know the chance for Republican governor getting into the state. All right, Richard, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, Senator, uh, a couple of questions there. One, about your position on abortion and the invitation that Governor Newsom has made for uh, people to come to California for their uh, abortions. Uh, again, maybe restate your position on on water there. Let's, uh, let's deal with those two questions uh, right up front. So number one, the number one question, uh, Prop 1, which is uh, going to expand California. Right now in California, first of all, I'm, I'm a no on Prop 1. Uh, I voted against it in the, when it came through the Senate. It was uh, pretty much a straight party line vote. Uh, California right now, the law is up to six months you can uh, have an abortion. This law will actually expand that and make California a sanctuary state where we'll be paying for uh, abortions throughout. Whoever comes here can, can be paid for by California taxpayers. So I oppose that 100%. Uh, and, uh, and so that's where I'm at on that. I'm pro-life. Uh, number two, the question was about water. Uh, you're absolutely right. We need to uh, actually, uh, Lake Isabella, I worked on the there's two hydroelectric uh, uh, generators that I actually worked on that when I was a young man. We worked on Lake Isabel, put some power uh, generators there. I'm for hydroelectric. I'm for building more storage. I, I uh, were, uh, voted for Prop 1, which uh, allocated funds, $2.7 billion for uh, storage. Uh, we, but the problem is we just have a bureaucracy that's not building it, and we need, we, we've, we've allocated plenty of funds. Uh, I will push uh, through the agencies. I have the ability to point those heads of those agencies, and I will work every day to create more storage for California water. We've doubled our population, and we haven't added storage. So those are the two questions there uh, answered. Again, we're speaking with Senator Brian Belly. Go ahead. I wanted to let you know that I will be at Westside Rec Center Auditorium on the 12th. At 4 o'clock, I'm going to be in uh, Beverly Hills the following day, so I'm going to, I have a stop there on my way uh, down to Southern California. Uh, so I'm going to be there. We're trying to put something together, hopefully uh, earlier that day, maybe at noon, in Bakersfield before we go to Taft. Uh, and I'll put that up on my website so people can uh, see if we get that put together. But for sure, we're going to be at the Westside Rec Center Auditorium on the 12th. Please RSVP. Uh, we'll put the flyer up on my website. And that's in Taft. Now, that's about 200 miles away from us to the south. So I just uh, want to okay. be clear on that for folks. I know the valley is the valley is big, but it, that's where we're going to be. It is. We'll, we'll be back with Senator Brian Dolly in five minutes, uh, continuing with your phone calls, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show back with Senator Brian Dolly in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back. Hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Right now, we're having a conversation with Senator, State Senator Brian Dolly. He is, of course, the... Uh, the opponent of Governor Gavin Newsom, and we have talked a lot about here that really where we are in California, I believe, has now transcended party politics. The state is careening towards the edge of a mountain ready to go over, which makes 29 days from now, November 8, so important. And Brian Dolly is a critical part of that. We've uh, invited you to ask questions, and he's grac- graciously offered uh, to answer those for you. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Uh, let's go up the road a piece to Manteca. Simon, you have a question or two for Mr. Dolly. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, Mike. Um, I have more more of a comment than a question. I'm just thinking, you know, I'd like to see the Republicans gain back control in California. And why not come up with an idea like a contract with California, something that the majority of Californians can get behind, like the water storage, um, fire prevention for forestry and stopping child mutilations, uh, things that the majority of American um, um, uh, Californians can rally behind. Good question. Uh, well, we've actually done Simon, we've just actually done that if you go to my website. Just uh, very very quickly, uh, Brian, just to give people a frame of reference for that. Again, Kevin McCarthy has uh, offered a uh, a contract with America, so to speak, dating back to, uh, of course, Newt Gingrich many, many years ago uh, with his uh, contract with America as well. And so Simon asking my friends, can we do something like that with California? Brian, what's what's your read on that? We've actually... If you go, I put it up on my website a couple of months ago. We've already had a commitment. They they actually have they expanded it to the national level. But if you go to BrianDally.com, you can see my commitment to California, which talks about all those things. It talks about uh, crime. I will appoint a parole board that doesn't let criminals out early. Uh, I already talked about water storage and, and fire suppression. Uh, parent choice is part of that as well for education uh, and uh, drilling for oil in California. All those things are on my website. The Assembly Republican Caucus and the Senate Republican Caucus as well came out with uh, uh, our promise to California. Uh, So we have that out there. Uh, You can go to my website and look at it. Uh, You can go to uh, the GOP's website uh, here in California. We have those commitments. We're talking about those things. Nothing's changed for us. We've been in in the battles here in California. But I want to just talk about crime for a minute, something we haven't talked about, which Uh, Californians are facing uh, through Prop 47, which was the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. Uh, You're probably aware that uh, you can rape an unconscious woman in California. It's not considered a violent crime. Uh, That is more violent than anything I can think of. And Californians are sick of the smash and grab and being repeatedly, uh, these repeat offenders on our streets. I, as your governor, uh, will make sure we hold those people accountable, put them back in prison where they belong so they're not victimizing Californians. And we will fund 
uh, law enforcement at the local level. That'll be a goal of mine as, and, and our party as well here in California. We, we have to have straight, safe streets. The one thing that government – there's a few things that government are supposed to do and do it well. Number one is keep our citizens safe. You're not safe in California. We know that. Uh, two, build infrastructure that we commonly all need, and we need a, a good education system. Those are three top priorities. There's many others. Homelessness is another one. We need to get drugs off our street. I just listened to the news. Fentanyl is coming into California. Uh, there's no penalty for drug dealers in California. We as Republicans are pushing for that. I will do that as your governor. Number one, we have to get drugs off our street. The fentanyl is killing uh, innocent people in California, and we need to, we need to stop that flow of drugs and make make actually uh, sell of uh, illegal drugs a crime. Uh, we Californians have been put in a position where we don't have uh, any penalties for criminals. If you don't have penalties for crime, you're going to have a lot of crime. That's what we have in California. Republicans have been pushing back on that. We actually ran a bill last year that would uh, uh, make uh, sex trafficking of a woman uh, a felony. And it, I was a co-author of it. Shannon Grove from Bakersfield and I ran that bill, and, and it didn't get out of the first committee. So we need a, a balance in California as governor. The one thing I do have is, is a, we'll have a veto pen. I'll be able to veto these bad bills that are allowing uh, gender identification for our children. Uh, I voted against all those. Our parties voted against all those. So we just need you uh, listeners to get out to the polls, get your neighbors to vote, and we can take back California. Obviously, uh, this elitist Democrat party is out of touch with Californians. Uh, there's no middle class. Uh, we promote for middle class. If you're rich, you're getting richer in California. If you're poor, you're getting poorer. And we want to stop that and change the trajectory of California in a positive direction. So you can go to BrianDally.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-D-A-H-L-E. And I have all that uh, information there. Uh, you can donate. We need your, your, your resources to help get our message out. Uh, we're in the final push, but people, please vote. Uh, don't think that uh, somebody else is going to do it. Uh, two and a half million Republicans didn't show up during the recall, and it really hurt us, and we need you to get out and vote. Again, he's talking about uh, the website. Uh, a good good question there by Simon. It's briandolly.com, B-R-I-A-N-D-A-H-L-E.com. And uh, I'm looking at my commitment to California, and the senator has several uh, uh, issues uh, there, the cost of living, crime, homelessness, water, education, energy, independence, wildfire, housing, state bureaucracy, and, and drugs. Uh, and we, I know we have just a few more minutes with you, uh, Senator Dolly. Uh, we've seen and, and we've talked about the war on, on fossil fuels, the war uh, on business. Let's talk about the war on gun ownership here in California and the attempts to chip away at the right to bear arms uh, from uh, proposals to uh, sue manufacturers for what people do with their weapons to uh, making ammunition hard to get a hold of and, and such. What what can you do to help folks be free to exercise their Second Amendment rights? It's very simple. Two things. Number one, law-abiding citizens need to be left alone. All these gun legislation is just coming after the law-abiding citizens. Number two, as governor, I will fund getting uh, firearms out of felons' hands. It's called the APPS program. It's armed, prohibited persons who have firearms. We need to fund our local sheriffs and uh, uh, city uh, police chiefs with the resources to actually get firearms out of the hands of felons who we know have them in California. They're the ones committing the crime. It's not law-abiding citizens. I have a 
perfect record when it comes to firearms. I believe in the Second Amendment. Uh, I'm a gun owner myself, and uh, I want to make sure that Californians who shouldn't have firearms, we get them out of the hands of criminals, and we leave law-abiding citizens alone. That's that simple. Final question for uh, Brian Dolly again, uh, candidate for governor, uh, running against Governor Newsom. And I guess this is uh, somewhat of a, a logical, practical question for you, Senator, and that is, uh, let's say you defeat Governor Newsom come November 8, or however long it takes to process the vote. What do you do with uh, a Senate and uh, an assembly that is basically one party, a supermajority? Uh, how, how would you start to, uh, to overcome that particular challenge? Well, number one, the governor gets to put forth the appointments to all the agencies. I want to make those appointments uh, and put people in place that are held accountable. We have uh, bureaucrats who are lifelong bureaucrats who are making laws without the legislature, number one. Number two, I, I will be putting forth a, a budget, and in that budget I will put forth resources towards the things we talked about, like uh, making our streets safe. And number three, I've been in the legislature for 10 years. I've worked across the aisle. Uh, I've had to. I've been in the minority. I know how to work with uh, Democrats that are moderate. There are, there are some, but they get boxed in by their party. And the third thing I'll have is a veto pin which is very powerful as governor. That'll give us the balance. I'll be able to veto these bad pieces of legislation and send them back to the legislature. Uh, and through the budget process, I, get, I will have, um, you know, a lot of leverage. And that leverage will be used to uh, make California businesses prosper, get the red tape out of the way, and uh, make a future for California. We're seeing the stock market go down. 40% of our uh, revenues come from capital gains. We're going to see some tough times ahead. And we need somebody who runs a business every day and it does a payroll as a, as a legislator. There was, there's very few of us in there that know how to run a business. I'll run California just like I run my own business, uh, make it profitable, and we can uh, give the services we need and take away all this uh, special interest money that's flowing out that's not uh, helping Californians uh, survive. Brian Dolly, our guest, thanks for taking so much time with us out of your busy schedule. We appreciate that so much. And uh, again, I'll just offer it if you have time to be here in the Central Valley with us. Uh, we'd love to see you. You just let us know and we'll be there. Senator Brian Dolly, again, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, your success coming up on November 8th. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I just asked one question. Are you going to be better off four years? From now, if you stay with the same guy or if you give me an opportunity, go to briandally.com and get out to vote. All right, sir. Thanks so much. Again, our guest, Brian Dolly, candidate for governor. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And we're back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, we thank uh, Senator Brian Dolly for spending uh, so much time with us today to answer your questions and our questions about his run for governor. Uh, very, um, very interesting, the, 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 the polls that are being done and the tracking of the money being spent on this campaign. Gavin Newsom, our governor, has raised $21.2 million for this campaign. Uh, Brian Dolly's campaign has raised $2.2 million. So that's $21.2 million versus 
two million. That that's a that's a pretty big gap there. And uh, if you look where the money is coming from, Governor Newsom has received fifteen percent of his contributions from out of state. Believe it or not, much coming from Texas and the East Coast, including New York and Washington, D.C. Uh, now, the Senator uh, Dolly's contributions have come mostly from uh, the northeastern parts of our state, which is rational because that's uh, where his district is. Uh, places like Placerville, uh, those areas in Senate District 1 uh, that he covers. And so it's, and, and this is one of the challenges today. It is a major challenge today that you got to have a war chest in order to, um, in order to be able to get yourself on the air. Now there's a debate and you may have read this. We didn't quite have time to cover that with, uh, Mr. Dolly, but there is a debate with Governor Newsom on October 23rd. Now, October 23rd is a Sunday, and the debate is at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, first of all, it's on a Sunday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's on the same day that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the San Francisco 49ers at home for the 49ers at 1.25 p.m. I I think Gavin Newsom is very, very happy with that. That's going to be on KQED radio on October uh, 23rd. Again, it, it's a Sunday at 1 p.m. with the Chiefs at the 49ers at 1.25 p.m. And uh, again, October 23rd, very close to... Uh, to election day. We have a couple minutes left uh, before uh, the NFL today. Again, uh, we're we're looking at the Las Vegas or Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs coming up today at 4:30 NFL here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also on Fox Sports AM 1280. Do you have a reaction uh, to uh, the interview with Brian Dolly? You have a few minutes left here 209-551 3483-209-551-3483. Again, uh, the, the poll that I referenced in our conversation with uh, the senator, uh, a Berkeley IGS poll, 53% of likely voters say they plan to vote for Governor Newsom. 32% of likely voters say they'll support Senator Dolly for governor. And then there are 52% not sure how all those numbers work out, but 52% said that they were unfamiliar with Dolly. Now, that could be because some of that 32% are supporting uh, uh, Senator Dolly because they don't want Governor Newsom to win, but they may be unfamiliar with him. And so that comes back to the whole issue of right now, uh, probably our best chance to know him other than what you heard today is his website, briandolly.com. That's B-R-I-N-D-A-H-L-E.com. And uh, on there, if uh, when you go to the website, if you click My Plan, uh, he has a commitment to California. It covers cost of living, crime, homelessness, water, education, energy independence, wildfire, housing, state bureaucracy, and the, the drug problem as well. So uh, again, our, our best way, other than what you heard today, to know him locally, uh, unless you want to go to Taft, 
about 200 miles away this Wednesday, is uh, perhaps to look at the website and uh, and be familiar with what's uh, with what's happening there. Uh, it's very interesting his perspective on let's say he wins. And what is he going to do with a supermajority Democratic legislature that really, I think, has hijacked what I grew up knowing as Democrats and the Democratic Party? I think it's far afield from what I grew up with in terms of, of uh, the party, the Democratic Party itself. And uh, I think what I heard mostly was that one of the greatest tools he's going to have is uh, the veto power and and to veto the bills that coming out of the legislature that he doesn't feel are uh, are productive or as we've seen I think historically many who are counterproductive many that are counterproductive and so it may be if he wins that his his greatest tool that he has will be that veto power I don't know what you think. I am weary. I'm very weary of saying, well, let's let's compromise. We'll we'll compromise with uh with the Democrats. I don't know that we want to compromise on these issues of abortion. I don't know that we want to compromise on these issues of the war on the fossil fuel industry. I don't know that we want to compromise on kicking the can down the road again regarding water. I don't know that we want to compromise on crime. I I want to see people uh, with a spine to stand up and say, no, what you're doing, California State Senate and California State Assembly, is not only counterproductive, but it's shoving California off the cliff. And so I, I, I appreciate at least what I heard, uh, his resolve to stand firm at least on uh, some of the, uh, the issues that uh, he discussed with us. And again, I, and this goes for the national uh, issues as well as our local ones here in California, I, I am weary of giving up ground. I am weary of saying we are going to be a sanctuary state for people who want to break the law. I am weary of us giving up principle. We need to stand on principle. I I agree when it comes to compromise. If your target is the same, if it's a productive, healthy target, I'm all for compromising on the details of how to get there. I think that's doable, but we're not even talking about the same targets anymore. The California supermajority in the Senate and the California supermajority in in the Assembly, whether it's uh, Second Amendment issues, whether it's uh, dealing with the homeless, whether it deals with fossil fuels, whether it deals with energy independence, we're not even sharing the same objectives and the same goals. So how, how can we even talk about compromising on how to get there when we can't agree on what there is? Thanks so much for joining us today on the Mike Douglas Show. NFL's up next here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. See you tomorrow at 3. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.